right, ladies and gents, it's that time. Turn up your speakers, strap on a smile. It's the Sims and Lepko Podcast. Here's your host, Adam Lepko and Chris The band is back together. Sims is in the house. Producer Josh is in the house. I am in the house. And we are back for the Super Bowl edition of the Sims and Lefko podcast. I hope you enjoyed last week. It was our serial edition. This microphone is pissing me off. Is that a curse? No. Good. Welcome back, you sick dog. Hey, thanks, man. Yep. The old black lung. Man, the old. What the heck happened to you? I had a lot of issues going on. I don't know. You know, uh, of course, we've talked about no spleen. Uh, I must have got the flu that lowers my immune system. Sinus infection, bronchitis. But it looks like after after New York snow day, it appears you've come back refreshed. I do. I've been on a lot of drugs the last few days uh, and have been going to bed very early. So, uh, yeah, I am. I'm feeling about 95%. I felt pretty chipper today. Just in time for the Super Bowl, my good friend. Oh, baby. Can you believe the Super Bowl is here? Unbelievable. It's gone. The year has been so fast. I can still remember you and I fist bumping with week one NFL season, and here we are. uh, Unbelievable. Yeah, it is. It's flying by. We're flying by also with the Sims and Lefko podcast. Um, You know what? Before, we're going to have a a special guest. It's going to be Brandon Stokely, former friend of yours. He played on the Seahawks. Yep. He never played on the Patriots. And no. you're telling me he hates the Patriots. He does not like the Patriots. And, I'm you know, excited to hear what he's going to say. got two Super Bowl rings. You know, you got to remember he was yes, on that first Ravens, Ravens team, right? How and, could I forget? He caught the first touchdown of the game. Exactly. With the illustrious Trent Dilfer. I got a, I got a little fact for you. Did you know that who his quarterback was in college? His quarterback in college was Jake Delhomme. It was. Yes. Louisiana Lafayette, the Raging Cajuns. Right. You and cannot it, get one by good old Chris Sims. <laughs> We're also going to be joined by Bill Belichick today. Big time get for the I podcast. I some strings. Bill Belichick is coming in, and then even maybe more impressive than that, Steven Nelson. The band is back wow. together. Yeah. Very excited. And since we're all here, I want to get into a fight with you, dude. Sure. I really do. Good. I've had enough. Yeah. You keep going on national radio and national TV, and you talk about all the time, Adam called me flirty. Adam called me flirty to my wife. Enough is enough, dude. Enough is never enough. And when maybe when one, I can go by a few weeks without my wife bringing What happened up, now? Got a text message. You're telling me it happened again. It did, yes. And I am going to throw you under the bus forever. You broke the man code. Focus okay? on what happened. So you, you broke get a text message forever. When? when did you get a text message? I got a text message from one of the ladies in work. Oh. And my wife saw it and she says, oh, look, that's what Adam means. So, so hold on. yours. How long are those arguments? They don't last long anymore because I just walk away. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> get out of here. I just, you know, you're going on there. You're besmirching my name. You got someone like Carton who's going, yeah, I wouldn't hang out with that guy ever. Because <laughs> I'm flirting. You know what's funny? What did I- your mom say, though? You told me your mom was like, Yeah, she's like, up. geez, is Chris going to continue? She doesn't talk like this. <laughs> is Chris going to continue to bring it up? And I go, apparently, he just brings it up all the time. Well, see, she's a mom, and she doesn't know man code. Well, let me tell you something. I watch, unfortunately, a lot of this Real Housewives stuff because right. I get sucked into it. You know what they do? Oh, that's Adam. He's so flirty. You're just like one of them. You're just like a woman on the Real Housewives. You just go around talking trash. No, no. I am not one of those. That is you. You're the one that made the flirty comment. Uh, I, maybe you're flirty, I, I wouldn't be on that damn show ever. Maybe you're flirty. I don't say Jeez. I love you. Jeez. 
See? God, you're such a bum. Go ahead. Go to the next subject before I actually kick your All ass right, before, on this podcast. Before we get Brandon Stokely in, I do want to talk about this because I do kind of want to issue a challenge to you. Right. So we have talked about this before, spinning and soul cycle. Producer Josh has done soul cycle, correct, Josh? Yeah, I've done it twice. And your thoughts? It's phenomenal. It's cool. unlike anything I've ever done before. Sims is like an ultimate exercise guy. He motivates himself. He makes lists. He does certain sets and certain reps. <laughs> my girlfriend works at SoulCycle. I went. I took Bruce Lefko, my dad, and we went. Right. Bruce had a tough time. Before you tell the story, does, does Sims know what happens in a soul cycle class. Yeah, so like, like they turn off all the you lights. You should explain for people listening so that like might not spinning. know. it's like spinning. It's like spinning. Right. And they turn off all the lights and they put some candles on. And it's like it's like Bruno Mars music and like very up-tempo. Right. And the whole time the guy's exercising, he's telling you to do stuff. You're up. You're all in synchronization. But also they'll be like, um, you know, earn yourself today, like positive messages and stuff. Okay? So my dad, I'm like, hey, like we're going to go. And he was like, oh, I can handle this. I can handle this. I look over, man. He is in such a hurt. And I, he looked over. He's like, thank God for that towel. Like, I kind of like dry heaved a few times. Oh, man, it was so amazing. It sounds brutal. And I, I say I'm a little scared of that workout. Seriously? Yeah. I mean, I, I, am, I am not an endurance-based athlete, nor do I train like that. <laughs> You're I, an explosive. Yeah, and I still try to train that way whether, okay, I do a set of bench press and then I might go <laughs> over and do, you know, five, eight jumps on the box. Take yeah. 30 seconds But I off, figure you, being the flirty self you are, right. you're in this room with all these women and they're working out. I feel like you'd be like, all right, Sims has to put on a show. That might actually get me there. Would you least. go to Soul Cycle, Sims? I think so because, I mean, seeing really? some girls. This would be a great outing. Seeing some girls in some tight outfits riding a bike, uh, yeah, that would be fun. That would be motivating. Yeah. I, liked your yeah. little, I liked your little home <laughs> improvement grunt. <laughs> <laughs> all, right, so, all right, so maybe we'll all go out right. and we'll try it. Okay. Yeah? Me yeah. and you working out. If if I even have the slight chance to possibly do better at an exercise than Sims, right. I have to take advantage of it. Yeah. And the thing about SoulCycle is is that the more you go, the better you are oh at my it. God. Because yeah, you can right. be on the beat and all that. So right. you're going to be a goofball. Like, you're going to be all over oh, the place. You're going to look I'm ridiculous. Sure. I'm sure. You might do better than my dad, though. I would hope so. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm ready for another dad. Brandon Stokely's got some kids, right? You want to get Stokely? Yeah, Stokes awesome. Uh, before we get Stokely in here, because he's going to talk about Super Bowl – um, I, can we get this out of the way? Because we yeah. haven't got the chance. To, we did Deflate Gate for Serial Podcast. Um, I know how much it impacted you. I don't want to spend too much time because I think people are over it. Right. Um, how much do you think the Super Bowl will be defined by Deflate Gate? Well, I think it depends if the Patriots win or lose. Okay. Uh, if the Patriots win, this story's not going to go away. You don't think it'll ever go away? Uh, no, I, I don't. Not until we have some hard evidence. So if they lose, more talk about the Seahawks dynasty. I think exactly right. Okay. And everyone, uh, and I think everybody will be like, oh, well, the Patriots lost. They're cheaters, anyways. The hell with them. We're going to do rapid fire right now. All the topics of the Super Bowl that everyone's talking about ad nauseum. Second thing, do you like Marshawn Lynch doing this stuff with the commercials? Love it. Love it. Love it. Love I it. Do too. Yes, refreshing. I mean, uh, you've heard me say this. You know, everybody's into building their brand and Twitter and all this bull crap, and he doesn't give a damn about any yeah. of that or the NFL, uh, which I love. Uh, Richard Sherman all over the place. Um, are you liking the whole Legion of Boom? Do you think that they could be a dynasty if they win? Yes, definitely can be a dynasty. I think that's this is the start of that discussion if they win this week. Even if they lose, I, they still have the possibility. But, of yeah. course, they're, they're going to have a little more work to do. But, uh, yes, the, the core of their players still there. Uh-huh. Uh, all the good ones are signed up for oh, the near man. future except for Russell Wilson. And they're so young. interested to see what kind I of contract. I love Richard Sherman. I think he's playing better than Darrell Revis right now, too. Wow. Uh, 
Wow. Yeah, he's been really I was just going to say, I can't wait to see the numbers that Russell Wilson takes because I have a feeling that for his contract, I have a feeling that everyone's going to applaud him no matter what. Oh, he took a team-friendly deal. He's such a good team and he's such a good guy. Most of the guys there have not at least tried to kill the Seahawks. Yes. So they've taken somewhat of a team-friendly deal. All right, so one thing we've been working on here at the show is you introducing guests. Yep. So please do the honors of introducing Mr. Stokely. Well, one of my favorite teammates of all time. We only played one year. He's a guy that stole thousands of dollars of my money uh, through gambling and backgammon and <laughs> poker. Uh, I love him and hate him all together. Um, but he's got, you know, he's had a lot of concussions, so I could never like just completely whack him in the head. Uh, but Brandon Stokely, two-time Super hey. Bowl champ, thanks for coming on, man. Oh, I love you, Chris. I love you, buddy. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah, I still get fired up when I think some of those backgammon beats you took to me. Uh, Stoke Stoke is one of those guys that I mean, literally has a shamrock in his ass. First of all, he's a gr- he's a great gambler, but he he's the best gambler I've ever been around. Him really? And, yes, him and my dad, and I think Stokely he takes everybody down. Just about, it. I think Stokely was probably hundred thousand dollars a year gambler towards the wow. end of his career, uh, and uh, yeah, one one of those years was a lot of my money. Brandon, can you confirm this? <laughs> I, you know what? I can't confirm or deny it. Um, <laughs> I, I am I am a very lucky person when it comes to gambling, especially against Chris. You know, Chris just makes me lucky. I don't know uh, what it is about him. All right, Brandon. But, uh, let we, me, we, we had some good times. Brandon, let me tell you the ground rules really quick. First one, the only one that matters, is everyone is allowed one curse per podcast. So whenever you want to okay. let it go, say, hey, I'm about to curse, and we'll, we'll clap it up. But I, I need to ask you now. Do you, what, what, what's the best gambling story you have in the NFL where either you got somebody or somebody got you? Oh, man. Oh, I, I don't have really any anything, you know, any juicy uh, gambling uh, stories where, you know, guns were brought out like uh, uh, the Washington Wizards or whatever it was <laughs> right. a few years back. Not, nothing like that. Everything has been – everything that I'm involved in usually stays pretty classy, you know. You win a little bit, maybe you lose a little bit, but nothing – Nothing too too extreme. Yes, and and well, and I've told the guys here, and we've brought it up on other podcasts. I mean, I think one of our best stories about gambling, of course, is Lamont Jordan, Lamont, and, and how yeah. we were so excited whenever he came to play cards. <laughs> he was always fun to gamble with for some reason. <laughs> yeah, well, we all went home rich when he was there. <laughs> Everybody won. All right, so hey, this is the uh, the first the first question I want to ask you, just because I know you you had a year in Seattle with Pete Carroll. You know, if there's you know what, what's something out there you you could just kind of tell us about that environment Pete creates out there. Why you know you're surprised or not surprised to see their success? Yeah, you know, I, n- not really. Uh, first of all, they've done a great job of of drafting, so so they got a great nucleus there. Um, and second, Pete, Pete just has a fun, relaxed, uh, let's go about our business and, and, and get the work done, but we're also going to have fun doing it. Right. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll correct our mistakes, and, and then we'll just move on. So he, he's not a big um, disciplinarian. Uh, you know, he, he, he brings that college kind of atmosphere and vibe to the pros, uh, which was nice for me. I hadn't been around in a long time when I was with Seattle. So he does. He, he's very enthusiastic, very upbeat all the time, and, they go to work, they work hard, but they also have fun doing it. That sounds like the complete opposite of the Patriots. And from what Sims, <laughs> yeah, doesn't it? From what Sims has told me, you're not the biggest Patriots fan. If you'd like to curse, now might be the time. What are your thoughts on the New England Patriots, Stoke? I don't know if you can clap 
that long for all my cuss words that I would like to say. <laughs> no, but uh, you know what? you, you got to respect them for what they've done. They always seem to beat me when I was in Indianapolis, so that's why I just do not like them and, and, and haven't ever liked them. And then, you know, there's always something fishy about them, it seems like. You know, yeah. everything, you're going back to, you know, the, the thigh gate, and then even before that there was questions. And still a lot of people, you saw Kurt Warner come out today and say, you know, he's questioning. And, and a lot of people still believe that they filmed the Rams practice uh, uh, before the Super Bowl. Right. And, you know, and, and – uh, and that's a belief that's why that, that's out there. And um, so with that, and then now with this other thing happening, it just seems like everything happens to them, and they never get punished like they should have. Uh, and, and and then you look at the Saints, and they get the hammer brought down on them for, for really nothing. And so um, I don't know. I don't know. It's just it's just a belief out there. And, and like I said, they, you got to respect what they've done over the last, 15 years. It's, it's been pretty impressive. Sounds like you're rooting for the Patriots. Well, that's the other thing, too. I mean, I, I have my theory as far as why is the NFL is not as hard on the Patriots as say maybe it, other Chris, teams. And, and my theory is, and, and you probably know this, a lot of people in NFL circles do, uh, you know, Robert Kraft is certainly one of the one or two, three most powerful owners in the NFL. I don't think a lot happens through Roger Goodell's desk without being talked about or emailed to Robert Kraft. That's kind of my theory or two cents. Uh, I don't know. I'd like to hear your theory or or if you agree with me. Uh, Yeah, no, I I definitely agree with you. You know, Roger Goodell at the end of the day is, is being compensated by the owners and the more powerful the owner, you know, he's got to realize, Hey, you know, at the end of the day, this guy's going to scratch my back. And so, you know, Roger Goodell hasn't been uh, without his fair share of, of trouble uh, this year in criticism. So he needs the owners to have his back right now because he wants to keep his job. And if he goes and he, you know, puts a heavy hand on the Patriots, now all of a sudden Robert Kraft might not be so friendly to him and might get his group of guys, the owners, and say, hey, you know, it's time to get this guy out of here and turn some of those guys' opinions against Roger Goodell. So, it is, it's, uh, you know, and, and you look at Tom Benson. You know, maybe Tom Benson is one of the most powerful owners. And so right. when the bounty scandal came up, you know, he just put the heavy hand on, on the Saints because their their owner isn't that influential. And the city of New Orleans and the state of Louisiana is not the same as, yes. you know, being right up there in Boston. So, yeah, totally agree. Um, good, good point. That, that, that's kind of what I, what I think about that. All right, Stoke, I got a question that I think about a lot. I think we're getting close to draft time, and the funny thing is, is anytime I see a white guy like a Jared Aberderis, they always get compared to a Brandon Stokely as a, or a Tim Dwight. Or a Wes Welker. Or a Wes Welker. Right, right. Um, as, as a white wide receiver that's been compared to a lot, do you guys notice it? Do you laugh about it? Like, what's the feeling in the NFL from people that are always being compared to like that? Yeah, I mean, you know, there's no question. Like, you know, when when I first came in, it was, hey, like you said, it's it, Tim Dwight or, or Wayne Corbett. Right. And, <laughs> you know, it's just the guys that are just going to do enough to kind of get open and make a third down catch and, you know, the quick, shifty guys, but not very fast, got really good hands, uh, got good intangibles. You know, that's just the typical white receiver. So um, I never minded it um, because I just take pride in what I did. Um, but, you know, if you want to compare me to other white receivers, that's fine. Uh, why do you, why it, do you it, think it, it happens? Never, why why do you think that that's like one position where we always feel the need to do a white guy to white guy comparison? 
Yeah, because we, we pretty much all look alike. We all have the same build. We all have the same build. You know, most 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 uh, whites are receivers or slot receivers. Um, not they're not. You know, you don't see a lot of the big physical receivers being the white guys. So we're we're more the slot um, receivers, and uh, most of us have really good hands, and you know, aren't the fastest guys. So we all kind of get lumped together. Who was the the receiver on Varsity Blues? Oh, uh, mm, see, Sims Sims knows all that stuff. He's the movie guy. He's yeah, the, I don't know, but I don't know. He, I don't know dumb movies like Varsity that's Blues. That's not a dumb. You think it's <laughs> a dumb movie? I mean, come on, it was good in Go high on, school. Chris. Hey, but the hell with that. Well, you can Google that. I'm I want to know this. Now you had you're one of the few guys in the history of the NFL that's been on two different Super Bowl winning teams. I know you were hurt for the 2006 Super Bowl, right, against Tweeter. the Chicago Bears. And then, <laughs> yes. of course, you were on the 2000 Ravens team. That was your rookie year where you had that unbelievable defense. I want to know if the 2006 Indianapolis Colts had to play the 2000 Ooh. Ravens, who wins that game, and which ring do you like better? Ooh. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, that, yeah. See, question. I'm a journalist now. I'm coming with the tough <laughs> hey. stuff. I, I will. I will give you this, Chris. You are always one of the more knowledgeable uh, people that you know. In my 15 years as far as NFL and knowing the game, you know, you, I, I always put you up there. And whenever I have an NFL question, or I have, a, I had a sign real quick. I'm getting off, off base. I had a signed football, right? Okay? And I and I was looking at this signed football. I just moved in my house. I said, "Man, who is this autograph from?" And it was a nice autograph made out to me, and it had Hall of Fame on there or something. And right. I was like, man, it's a sweet football I want to put in my office, but I don't know who signed it. <laughs> I took a picture of it, sent it to Chris, and within two minutes, you know, I get a response to Troy Aikman. I'm like, thank you, Chris. So let's just <laughs> let you know. You know, Chris knows a little bit about everything. And so whenever I have a question or if there's a rumor out there, I text Chris, hey, Chris, what's the scoop on this? Because he knows a lot more than – than, uh, especially than he looks like. So uh, you know, he might not look that smart, but he really knows. He really does know his stuff. He doesn't look like it, but he does know his stuff. Getting back to your question. Thank you. I'm going to have to say the 2000 Ravens because mm. I played. I actually played on that team. Right. The 06 Colts, I played in like three or four games. I never could stay healthy. I ended up tearing my chili. So I wasn't really, uh, you know, as much involved. I didn't play in the Super Bowl, like you said. So, of course, the team that I actually played on, the ring-wise, um, I actually think I like uh, the way the Colts ring looks a little bit. Yeah, you know, it's a sharp um, ring, the, that the, Colts ring. Yeah, uh, know you know, but I, I, Chris, Chris, Chris knows what every <laughs> ring looks like. He knows every Super Bowl champion. He knows the year, the MVP. Apparently. I mean, he knows it all, man. I'll give him that. All right, I got a question. Uh, now that you are an observer of the NFL – uh, how many more games do you think Peyton's got left, seeing as how you played with him? Yeah, you know what? I hope he's, he's got at least 16 more, mm. and I hope it's here in Denver. Um, you know, I think they'd be foolish to not try to uh, – you know, there's a lot of talk here because this is where I live in Denver. There's a lot of talk about a lot of people want to just get rid of him and move on. And I think it's, it's, it's ludicrous. These people don't understand what he brings to the table and uh, what's going to happen to that organization if you just kick him out the door and – you know, who are you going to bring in? Um, you know, so I hope he's got at least 16 more uh, weeks here in Denver. And uh, because, like I said, if not, I think it would be a big mistake. 
Yeah, that's going to be an interesting one because I am one that kind of, you know, listen, I'm not trying to hate on Peyton. Uh, Peyton's one of the, no, the two, no. three greatest quarterbacks of all time, but I am one that thinks it's kind of over. And yeah. I, I am just, and especially with the Kubiak hiring, uh, I do wonder if Peyton's skill set at this age can handle maybe what Kubiak wants with all those bootlegs, the play actions, throws the football down the field a little bit more. But, you know, right. uh, listen, I, I've second-guessed no, Peyton I, hey. before, and he's showed me, he's proved me wrong as well. So uh, right. I, I'm going to be know, interested. Like, like, yeah, like you said, that's a lot of people's feelings around here is, you know, how does he fit in that offense? He doesn't move as well as he used to. Um, but I think with, with uh, you know, I, I don't know how that leg injury was, but I think with the, the whole offseason um, in that offense, you know, playing more under center, being more comfortable playing under center, just getting that work in during the offense, uh, during the offseason, I think they can, can do fine in that offense. Um, but like you said, he, you know, he he's not the same getting the ball down the field uh, with the play at the bootlegs and things like that. Right. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. I just don't know what other way they would go uh, with the quarterback. Who do they go with? Do they go with Oswald? Yeah, yeah, right. And, and just and just hand it over to him, or you know, there's not a lot of options out there. And that's why I think, hey, stick with Peyton, and, and, and if he wants to come back, you know, give it a shot at least. Yeah, you know, and see. It's crazy because today Sims and I did a video where we talk about the greatest years for quarterbacks ever. You talk about Manning in 2013. You talk about Marino in 84. You talk about Sid Luckman back in 1943. And you got some other guys in there too. But you play. I mean, what, what about what about what about Manning in 04? Yeah, right. right. I know Manning's probably. I mean, you could probably go four or five years of Manning's career and put him up there with anybody. So, so let me ask you this: Everyone talks about how Manning changed the game in terms of being a coach on the field, being on the field with him. How do you describe to people what it was like to play with him in his prime, and how much did he really control the game? Yeah, I mean that you know that's why I put, I think he is really the best to ever play the game is because. You know, what he kind of started and took over and mastered was playing the quarterback position, uh, you know, on the field, being the offensive coordinator on the field and getting that offense into the best possible play and, you know, doing it better than anybody has ever done it before. But he just made everything for you so much easier. And he would just seem to get you in the right place for the right defense. And then on top of that, his ball placement, his accuracy was – you know, just, you know, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can't get any better than that. And uh, he just threw a, you know, unlike your, your cohort there, Sims, he threw a very catchable ball. <laughs> Was there ever a I never had, uh, let me, t- let me just tell you, let me just, I, I, I never had problems with my hands or my fingers until I, until I started catching balls from Chris Sims. I mean, that guy threw it. I mean, he would have been an unbelievable pitcher. It always had a little tail on it, a little slider. And, I mean, it was coming so hard. I just, I finally, I'm serious. I finally had to tell, hey, Chris, stop throwing me the football. Hey, I, I do not want you to throw me the ball in. You are killing my fingers. I'm not going to be able to make it through the season. And, and he's right. And I'm the kind of guy, too, that like the first throw, I'm going to throw it probably as hard as, hard as, as I can, you know, as far as if yeah. it was the 70th throw. So the receivers never like that. And I was a big practice. And if I was worried about my mechanics, I, w- I was a guy that didn't throw a perfect spiral. I threw like a hard wobbler huh. uh, in games. I threw spirals. You can look at the highlights and go, oh, there's a spiral spiral, but I wasn't thinking about it. But in practice, I'd be thinking about mechanics and the ball wouldn't come out as clean. 
And yeah, I could be unfriendly to receivers because I didn't really give a damn. Yeah, I don't about know if, if a good pass has a slider <laughs> to it. That's great. Hey, Sto- I got one more question. Slider. Stokely, you were talking about Manning there. Is there a moment that comes to your mind when he manipulated the defense and you just kind of looked over and shaked your head and were like, that's incredible? Yeah, you know, in 04, when we broke the, the Marino record, you know, the record breaking pass was, uh, you know, to me and, uh, and, and, we just, you know, we just came up with the. He just came up with the play pretty much. We didn't really practice it. Never, never went over it. It was just there the moment he saw the coverage they're playing. You know, it was the middle. It was in the middle of a drive. We're down by eight points with four, three, four minutes left. Two minutes left in the game, and he gives the smash signal, which is his fist, you know, pounding into an open hand, which right. is kind of the signal that everybody uses for a hitch on the outside receiver. And the inside receiver runs a corner route, and he gave that signal. And when I came to, you know, we would kind of muddle huddle. So I, I usually would come closer to him to kind of get the play. And he said, "Hey, run the run a corner post, uh, and I'm going to over, you know." And he oversold the signal to to make the the safety and the and the, the defensive back think that we were going to run the, the hitch outside and me run the corner. And uh, he said, "Don't run the corner, run the run the post off of it." So you know that was just a typical play from him, just kind of. There the moment, boom! I see them doing this. I think we can get away with it. Let's run it here, and uh, it just worked to perfection. Yeah, that's the one thing I always notice about Peyton's career too. Yeah, he's great at uh, playing into the defense's hands. Like you said, they they think they've seen one concept all game long, and then he throws the curveball out of nowhere. He's so so cerebral, but. Hey, the last thing I want to get to because we're going to let you go. First of all, you've been playing some poker. Have you been playing some backgammon? No, you know what? Well, I played I played a little backgammon. Uh, I've only played a couple times uh, this year. Uh, poker, haven't really played poker at all uh, in a long time. Played a lot of golf this off season. Um, you know, during the all the way up uh, until probably three months ago. Right. Uh, until it got too bad over here. So, um, but not not a lot of not a lot of cards or backgammon. More golf for me right now. All right. Well, I'm coming in the spring, uh, and I'm going to come and bust your head in backgammon for sure. I can't <laughs> Make wait. Make sure you bring that nice table. Make sure you bring that nice backgammon board that your dad gave you. Yeah, yeah, and, I uh, will. With all your damn chew and dip and crap all over my damn table. <laughs> and, and you didn't get your curse word in. I mean, you don't have to. I know Hold on. How about this? How about this? Give your Super Bowl uh, prediction and please include your your curse in it. <laughs> um. I, I'm gonna go uh, curse free uh, on my first podcast. Yeah, uh, I appreciate the, uh, the, <laughs> the uh, I, I appreciate the opportunity there. But I'll go curse free on my first. Uh, hopefully, I'll, I'll make another appearance with y'all. I'm gonna go Seahawks, and I'm gonna go twenty-four twenty. Wow, Seahawks win it. Same uh, same score man. as me. Stoke. great minds think alike. Are you serious? Yeah, I swear. I did a video yesterday. I picked the Seahawks 24 20. Wow. And, and you know what? I guess I was right when I said earlier you do know what you're talking about when it comes <laughs> to the NFL. Look right there. That goes to prove it, Chris. Right there. Yeah, Bam. buddy. Thanks for coming on, man. I miss you. And, uh, uh, buddy, anytime. Good yeah, to talk to y'all. Yeah, good talking to you, too. Well, you, I'll bud. hit you up soon, man. See ya. He's awesome. Stokely, I mean, do you remember? So. This is of course how you know. I Brandon Stokely. Well, this is the best thing about Stokely, too. Okay. So, I don't know if you remember this. Josh Josh McDaniel's inaugural game was... There's a lot of tough words for yeah, you. Yeah, there was. I was way above my pay grade. <laughs> 
We were in Cincinnati. That's Kyle Orton starting. In oh, and he caught that crazy ball deflection to touchdown. win the game. We're going to lose. The ball gets deflected in the Gus air. Gus Johnson and just was on the call, right into Stokely's hand. Yeah, and every everything he got out of the game. He shows me every text. This is just not how you know a shamrock's yeah. up his butt. All his friends, of course the ball bounced to you. Of course the ball bounced to you right in stride. You're so he really is just lucky all the time. He's a great gambler, but then he has the luck with it. Like, I'd be beating him in backgammon, and he's got to roll double sixes to even make it a game. <laughs> and there he rolls double sixes twice and, like, beats me. And I'd be like, are you? I mean, I would go crazy. Uh, but he's, I thought he was going to tell the story there that he had a trouble catching your balls because you're left-handed. Oh, no, no. I, used I thought to, it was going to be another one of those guys. You know, he was getting up there in age, and, yeah, I am the kind of guy that, you know, I had already warmed up once we got out of practice. Yeah, I'm yeah. already warm, so they're warming their hands up, but I'm warm. I'm coming out bringing the heat. You're going to try and break some yeah, fingers. And Have I, you ever broken someone's finger? Oh, yeah, yeah, lots. Yeah. Really? Can happen. you hear it? Uh, yeah, sometimes you can. Cause what's the, what's pop, the one it, where it can, you're like, ooh, got him. Oh, I got him. B.J. Johnson, a receiver of mine in uh, Texas. Uh, he, I mean, I could hear the pop. It popped off his ring finger. Oh. And as soon as he did it, I was like, oh, shit, his fingers broke. And what? Oh, you and cursed. Then, yep. Oops. What, and, are, uh, what do they normally say? You can curse for them, too. Oh, God damn. What the and they shake their hands, and you know, you, you know, I, I, I could really throw it. I had a strong arm, and I could spin it, and and then of course you start to tear the gloves up too. So I, I yeah. always got great pride in like, yeah, Torres gloves up yours, <laughs> eat that Nike. <laughs> I love how you get an accent when you're going back throwing. Yeah, I got you, got you, dude. All right. So um, one thing that I did notice there from him is that uh, not the biggest truster of Patriots. Seems though that he believes in all these things and that they do get an unfair shake. Right. And for something special, I think, you know, you pulled some strings and you got Bill Belichick to join us. You got him on our serial podcast last week. Yes. And he's back again. Yes. Why don't you welcome in Bill Belichick? Hey, Bill Belichick, my old boss. Thank you for paying me $20,000 a year. And thank you for coming on here right now. Uh, I know it's a busy media week with you. And yeah, Bill, thanks Super for coming on coverage. We're coming here for the Sims and Lefko podcast. Yeah, how'd you get to New York, Chris? I don't know uh, why they even paid you. I uh, it was supposed to be an unpaid internship. So, uh, but uh, thanks for having me. Hey, Bill, good <laughs> to have you here. Um, what was Chris like as an employee? Uh, well, uh, I didn't even notice uh, Chris worked in the building. To be honest, really? Yeah, you know. I'm, Maybe not. I didn't even think about it. I was just on to the next opponent every week. Yeah. Well, that next one's Seattle. Uh, Chris is picking the Seahawks. What do you think of your former employee picking the Seahawks? Well, now you know why he doesn't work for the Patriots. <laughs> oh, that's tough. Um, yeah. He's a tough boss. He is. We you look that. healthy, though. Are you going to wear a, a cut sleeve sweatshirt? What's your plan for the big game? Uh, I have some options. Uh, I'll let, I let Tom uh, cut up a couple sweatshirts for me. Oh, I don't know if you want Tom getting involved in stuff, man. He's kind of had a rough week. No, well, he got taken off ball duty. So, oh, so now he's got time <laughs> he's for the sweatshirts. On, yeah, that's good. That's good. That's good. See, a lot of people don't know this humorous side of Bill Belichick. Yeah, it's it's dry. Where where does the humor come from? Where in your life where you become so good in comedy? Um, well, you know, it's it all comes from Parcells. I learned, uh, I learned everything from 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 him, and so uh, one time he told a joke, and uh, I laughed. So, um, and I for thought, ourselves, he was a laugh. Yeah, and uh, Phil Sims told a joke one time that wasn't funny. But. No, they normally aren't. That seems to run the family, which is good. <laughs> All right, so uh, Bill, I know you got a lot of stuff to go on to. Is there uh, any lasting words you have for the? How, what, do you, what do you think of the Sims and Lefko podcast? What the fuck is that? Bill knows his curse word. Hey, Bill got he his listens. one curse word. All right, clap it up for Bill. Hey, coach. 
Hey, That's great. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna make sure that this week uh, we've got our ball boys uh, making sure that the equilibrium of the footballs is uh, properly taken care of. Uh, the staff is gonna do everything in their power. I know Mr. Kraft, the, the organization, Tom Brady. Um, we're gonna make sure that we win the right way. It's about situational football doing the right thing and uh that's that's what the patriots are all about he's really good he really is good i mean is this that's unbelievable i can i can now say it was cam no yes we gotta give cam louder cam louder nfl nfl producer you thought come on that was that was one of the best bill belichick impressions i've ever heard i'd say it's it's up there it's it's frank caliendo-esque it really is how about that cam it's it's all about the <laughs> the moments between what oh, you're the actually pauses. saying. The yeah. pauses. Because when you listen to Bill Belichick talk, it sounds like he's constipated. Yeah. Like at any moment, he's like, wait, now might be the moment. No, it's not happening. And there's oh, disappointment. Go. He's like, you know, we're, uh, we're oh, oh, <laughs> nope, that's not it. That's, nope, okay, uh, yep. So you just, the key is to pretend you're almost going to It poop. is. It's like fear that you might poop, but excitement. That you may finally poop all at the same time. You know? That is the feeling when I see Steven Nelson. Wow. <laughs> I mean, it I, overtakes me. I get a motive when I see Steven, but that's not what I feel. Yeah, that's so. not where we go. Oh, my God. But thanks for having me, guys. Hey, hey anytime, you know what? Man. Don't you think if Cam was playing wide receiver, he'd be like Stokely? He'd be like a tweeter from Varsity Blues? Yeah, Sto- Stokely. I just can't tell you how funny Stokely is. Like, he's one of the all-time funny guys. And- you... Kyle Orton and Stokely. Oh, sounds ridiculous. Me, Kyle with Orton, Brandon Stokely, Marshall. with Brandon Marshall, and a few other rich people that are just from Denver. You guys would all play poker. Together. Yes, it was a blast. And Kyle Orton was usually the first guy to leave in any gambling thing because he'd go like all in on the third hand of poker with a lot of money and be pissed that he didn't win. With did like you guys ever get? Pairs. Did you guys ever get Deal and Doug involved in your? Uh, in your poker games out there in Denver? No. Do, you, do you know who Dylan Doug is? I, I do not. He is a used car salesman. Right. He wears a ring on all ten of his fingers. <laughs> um, there's a rumor. It's because he has curse words written out on his knuckles, but that's like Denver lore. Right. But he, he is like a cult hero out there, and it's it's rumored he has a serious gambling problem. Huh. So I was wondering I was wondering if you guys ever got Dylan Doug involved in your in your games, but no, it doesn't sound like. Apparently, yeah, no, we did we, you need to call him up for your next backgammon. Sesh. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. You know, I mean, yeah. Hopefully, he's got enough cash. All right, while while Stephen gets himself settled in here, um, God, I, I I don't know why I can't get you calling me flirty out of your head, out of my head. Yeah, well, you you know, you broke a major code, a major code. So what do I have to do to redeem this? There's really nothing you can do. Well, I think that it's become ridiculous that you still bring it up all the time. Yeah. Well, I am. I mean, hey, who cares? It was only Boomer and Carton. Only millions and millions of people listen to it. I mean, uh, my boss from Bleacher Report, I tried to call him out on Boomer and Carton as well to say it was hopefully we weren't going to have to work on Super Bowl Sunday. That didn't work so well. No, it didn't. Uh, by the way, if you'd like to Who won the championship game picks? You did. Oh, yeah, because you picked the Colts and Andrew Luck? That's right. Man, f*** you. Um, uh... If you want to ask some questions to the podcast, I don't know if Josh looked at it this week. Tweet us. I mean, at, at what the, kind of producer are you if you didn't look at it? I don't, he may all. have looked. I, I did look at it. We did not get as many questions this week as we did last week. All right, okay. well, let's, let's put this and, out there. 
at Sims and Lefko is the Twitter at Sims and Lefko. Can you can you let me promote the? Podcast uh, I'm terrified for what's about to come out of his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> I think I know exactly it's what's coming be to. Edited. Yeah, well, probably. I mean, uh, you, you got to stop editing me, okay? <laughs> because Stephen Nelson is here, and have you seen the pep in his step? Lately? He looks about six oh, pounds yeah. lighter. His girlfriend came to town last week. She's been in Austin, Texas. Uh, usually, See, that's all you have to say. Like, if you just stop it there, it all goes in. I know, but then you know he can't. He can't stop. Just I mean, stop it. Just stop it there. Yeah. It in. The key to comedy is stopping right before the punchline. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's just ridiculous. It didn't help that Corey, my girlfriend, played into yeah. Sims. His girlfriend's my kind of girl. She's she is she's right there with me. Just she puts it all out there on yeah. the table. Felt Fendrick's writing down. Uh, no, no, at moment thirty-seven twenty-two, <laughs> I have to take out. It's accurate. <laughs> yeah, you should cut off that. I enjoyed that. All right. Now, Stephen, you know what he needs. Mm, I think I need... Uh... Oh, he's going to have extra groove in his voice this <laughs> week, baby. <laughs> oh, battery. Metal. You know it, Sims. <laughs> Over the weekend, the Miss Universe pageant was held. Oh, yeah. Judges included sports stars. Shaw Jackson, right? What the Giancarlo hell is he doing? Stanton, Sims boy, Manny Pacquiao. Ooh. And Deshaun Jackson. Yeah, get out of here. Miss Columbia won, beating out Miss USA. What do you wow. think of that, Sims? I, I mean, listen, I lived in Florida for a while. Colombian girls were out of this universe. They, apparently. They were. But Sims is not flirting. <laughs> if you both were participating in a beauty pageant, oh God. what would your stage talent be? Ooh. Uh, my stage talent. Well, I can juggle. Can you really? I can. I'm a very good juggler. I yeah. want him to what juggle would you be like juggling? right now. Give him those bats. I mean, I don't you know, know I what can, I would I can do. juggle too, Sims. Yeah. We should do some partner juggling that sometime for the office. That would be cool. Yeah, yeah, you guys yeah. could be on Let's a tandem bike partner juggling. Yeah, that would probably be my my thing. Or maybe I'd throw a football. Nope, you cannot. I can't yeah, do that. target can't practice. Do that. That's what he uh, should do. Well, I guess maybe that would be You have to try to knock out the judges with my my footballs. Okay. I would... um. Except Pacquiao, because you love him. Oh, yes. Wow. And Deshaun would catch it, so it wouldn't really be an issue. So only, and Giancarlo Stan would hit it with a bat. Oh, so. no, it might hit him in the face. Oh. <laughs> that was good, that's too. a baseball joke. That was good. That was pretty good. Thank See, you. that's why we could do the podcast year-round. He keeps up to date with sports. It's great. Thank you. I would, I would, I don't know. I, I feel like I'd have to do some roaring tone and then break glass. <laughs> like, that's, like, I'd have to be like, welcome to Blade Trapper. And then, like, all this glass shatters. And you do away. your announcer voice as your special talent. <laughs> I'm just going to talk. Why don't you tell me what movie you'd like Can to see? Can you talk like this? No, you cannot. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the problem. I don't have any talent. DJ I'll play some saxophone. Well, you're all funny. You could do jokes. I mean, yeah? Yeah. I thought about it. I, I am not a good comedian. If like I have to think about writing jokes, I think I just react well to the stuff you yeah, say. You're better spontaneous. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm also better. Right Thank you. Steven just cursed, by the way, in case everybody missed it. Oh, I did miss it. What did he say? I said DJ DJ Fendrick spin that track. Track. Okay. Yes. Oh, you put a curse before it. I did. You say Don't it. worry, we'll edit it out. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. Love him. What a beautiful beast he is. A one answer using crouch grabbing beast. Now, if you could ask Marshawn Lynch one question knowing that he would answer openly and honestly and completely, what would that one question be? I, I know these mine. Are questions I want to think about. 
my mine is what is his theory behind not talking to the media? Because uh, I don't think I've heard a reason as far as why. And I've heard people comment, "Oh, I understand his theory of why he's doing this," but no one elaborates on it. Now, if it is to capitalize on when he does talk, like the Skittles commercial, or whatever, right. then it's freaking brilliant. But that would be my thing. I want to know. I want to know that. What's his What's his method behind his madness? Because I love all everything he's doing. I really do. It's very refreshing. It is interesting because I think if you haven't seen the advertisement online, the Skittles commercial where they ask him ridiculous questions, would you rather take a jetpack or a blimp to work? Would you rather watch cat videos or dog videos? It's interesting because you see his face light up, and we're all taken aback at how relaxed he is in that setting. Um, I, I really... I really guess the question that I would ask him is, what do you want to talk about? You know, everyone seems to ask you about topics. In your heart of hearts, like, if you have to do this, what would you care to talk about? Do you want to talk about football? Or do you want to talk about other stuff? Do you want yeah. to tell us about your life? Do you want us to tell us about your charitable works? Like, what is it that, that you could use us for? You know, so it's like going off of your question. Yeah. Like, why do you do it? But also, like, what, yeah, what, what are you interested in? What are like, you interested in? Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I mean, man. He must have got a nice check from Skittles on that one. I mean, just freaking brilliant. Well, he's been giving them free advertising Whatever for like five he, if years. If he gets yeah. fined. Because he, he eats the Skittles. Yeah. So he's been doing promotions for them for a long time. Right. But I, I, uh, I'm i curious. I had a long talk with Howard Beck today about it because – and Stephen was there. Howard worked for the New York Times forever. He's a true journalist. Right. And, you know, his his whole thing is, you know, I don't like when these people are celebrated. And, and I, I see both sides. Yeah. I, I know the so. media is just trying to do their jobs, but I also know that – um, look, I get, I, I'm a, I'm a hard media critic. So when people ask, talk, tell us about that run and stuff, I wouldn't want to answer that question either. But you know, is he being mean spirited? Is he trying to be capitalistic? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So I, that's why I think your question's great. What's your, what's your theory here? Yeah. Yeah. What would you ask him? Hmm. I don't know. I never think about answering my own questions. Yeah, I know you need to think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Next week on episode 13. I think it's cool. We're in you episode 12 of the Super Bowl. The 12s, the fan base, Tom Brady, number 12. Who's going to win? I don't know. Dude, your eyes are freaking me, me out right now. That was great. That was a pretty good storyline. You should work for a newspaper. Yeah. I might work for a tech company, Bleacher Report. Yeah, you're a video contributor. Colton Scurry. It's a name that... Neither of you know. No, I don't. No. I was like, who is this? He's a colonel. An Eastern, Eastern Kentucky, Kentucky colonel. The offensive lineman reportedly and allegedly started and lost a fight to three cats from Kentucky. Three wild cats from oh, Kentucky. Oh, people. Yes. Oh, I thought you meant he got Suffered a fight with some kitty cats. Multiple facial injuries, according to the report. Right. But the headline says... EKU player hurt in fight with Wildcats. That's, that's awesome. Now, Lefko already picked a fight with Sims today. Yes. If you could pick a fight with an animal, Ooh. knowing that you could lose the fight but not die, which animal would you fight? Just to kind of test out your fighting. Hmm. So I obviously don't want to pick anything that could kill me. I it mean, can't kill you, though. That's the thing. Oh, it, it can't, can't kill it you. It just can't kill it me. It would hurt you Would, I, would I have to go through the recovery process? 
Like when I get mauled by a bear and have to. A lot like, of small details here. We need to find. We yeah. need to find print here. All right. Well, I guess if I could fight with anything, the first one that came to my mind was like either like a kangaroo or like a peacock. Oh, I don't know would... why. Like just coming out of my head, I'd like to like bob and weave. Yeah, and it'd be sm- great to see a kangaroo kick you. That oh would my be god! So funny. I would like to know how hard it hurts. Yeah, I hear you. I know. Because I, if you see the videos of the kangaroos, they're all like puffed up when they're walking right, around, ready right. to fight. That's a scary looking thing. I know. I don't. I man. I don't. Know. I wouldn't I mean, want any. The reason I like the kangaroo is there's no claws and there's no teeth, so I'm not getting bitten and I'm not getting slashed. No. It's just physical thumping. Here, here's one. I'll answer this one, Sims. If yeah. you don't know, yeah, whole thing of one. Well, I can think of stuff, but my, it's the animal kingdom. One of my biggest there. fears is is are, is sharks. Right. Are sharks. Right. Is a shark. <laughs> yeah. Whatever the grammar is, knowing that I wouldn't die. Fighting a shark. Right. I would like to see how I would fare uh. in an actual shark encounter. Yeah, right. That's probably what that would all be interesting just to be up next to one in the water and be like, holy cow, that thing's big. That thing's a lot bigger than I thought. Yeah, where do I go? Yeah. Am I punching gotta, as hard as I would like to? You've got to poke him in the eye. It's the only way out. That's Eyes what you would do gills. if a shark it's attacked the only, you? It's the only way out. It's, it's a physical fact. But then you're same reaching. with alligators where did you as learn well. This? So uh, you would poke either of them in the eye? Yeah, not geographic. They are natural. Uh, they're natural inhib- or, you know, what is What would you say? Inhibition and whatever. If Finish you, the sentence, I'll tell you If what they word. are biting you and then you try to take their eye or poke them in the eye, they will let go to protect their eye or whatever else. Yes. What about I always thought there with a shark or a evidence. gator I thought with a shark or a crocodile shark or a crocodile, <laughs> I could like stand in their mouth and hold up the top of the bottom. I'm sure you can, yes. <laughs> we'll try that out. I showed my kids Jaws uh, last weekend. Jaws for the first time. Uh, did, did they watch the whole movie? They watched the whole movie. What yeah. did they think? Yeah. They I, loved it. I they, watched it at a super young age, and right. that was a huge mistake. <laughs> right. It's been, my mom was the same way, actually. <laughs> uh, and I saw it at a pretty young age myself. My kids have a pretty good understanding of real and not real at this point because mm. they've gotten into Jurassic Park and things like that. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, they. my little girl, especially the eight-year-old, she – uh, both my kids love animals, but she loved the Jaws thing. Let's take that segue and let's go to a new game that we're playing right now called How Would You Defend Yourself Against This Wild Animal? We're going to give a random wild animal to Chris Sims, and he's going to tell us how he would defend it. So first up, shark, you would? Poke him in the eye. Poke him in the eye. Alligator, you would? Still, poke him in the eye. Bear comes running at Chris Sims. What does Chris Sims do against the bear? Oh, I'm looking for a hill. Don't they say run up a hill? That's how you got to do it. They, Bills can't, bears can't run up no, hills? they significantly have a hard time running uphill because of their weight. Uh, that's what I've always heard. What if he gets be- you in close proximity? Oh. Is the bear standing or crawling? The bear has standed up in front of Chris Sims and he's lunging at him. Oh, I mean, if it's a male, bo- I'm kicking him in the crotch. That's I knew that's going. where he was going. Yeah. That's why I that's wanted great. to make sure. All right. Yeah. And, you know, the great outdoors when uh, John Candy that's rips right. his ass off. <laughs> the, the, the shotgun that's a, a light bulb. That's a great scene. Chris Sims gets out of a tent in which he's camping with his family, and there, standing in front of him, look at his face, is a, is a goat ready to charge with long horns. He's ready to charge at Sims. He throws the, back his hoof. I'm going gonna, gonna to try to grab his horns as he's coming at me i'm gonna wring wow. his neck yep so you're gonna try I, I you're gonna try to grab the strongest if it's a part goat if it's a goat yes what about like a ram a ram might be a ram might just run me the freak over i'm i'm running i'm gonna just be dodging and weaving what about like trees. an elk with like really pointy oh. antlers I'm what are you running, gonna do? Run into a lake and gonna go swim underwater and hide. You're gonna swim. So you're gonna do the predator technique. Yeah, yeah. You like gotta, Arnold, hide in the mud. Gotta do something. All right. So I, I we've already done shark. Uh, okay, you're in there. and There's a bunch of piranhas. Oh. Ooh. You, 
Hogan individual piranha eyes? No, I don't think it's possible. I don't know. I think, I'm, he's, I think I'm you lose deep, that. I'm in deep all right, shit. All right yeah. you, you fend off the deer, you fend off the antlers, you come back, and then all of a sudden you hear, and there's a swarm of eagles ahead, and an eagle swoops down. How do you defend yourself against the oh, eagle? He, oh. I'm just throwing haymakers. Just throwing blind throwing haymakers. haymakers. I'm just throwing them everywhere. I mean, they, they can't be that dense thick. I'm going to break one of those. All right, so you, you knock an eagle, and you look down, and there's a huge snake. Oh, uh, man, snake. Um, what would I do to a snake? You know, I'm not afraid to grab a snake. I'm really, really? not. Yeah, I could do the whole tail thing and, like, grab them and throw them away. That's great. Uh, what if a tarantula, a uh, spider, dude, landed on your I, head? That's where I was hoping you weren't going to go all the way. Bugs, man, bugs. I'm like, oh, I'd rather you said bears were outside. You'd rather face a bear than, than a, a spider? spider? Oh, some of the bugs. Dude, look at, look at his, dude? look at no. your, look at your stance right I am now. literally, You're turning away so, from I will tell my kids to go kill a spider before I will. Are you wow. serious? I'll be like, hey, Charlie, you got to get that over there. <laughs> That's a spider. You would tell your eight-year-old daughter, hey, go kill that and spider. And my little boy is, like, fearless. He'd be like, I got it, Dad. <laughs> and and look what I killed. Yeah. Get away from me. Yeah. Wow, um, where did this come from? I just never, the bugs thing just drives me crazy. Any bug. You know yeah. what? What about, I mean, like, a an millipede ant? in the house the other day? You know, like, those water yeah, yeah, millipedes? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. If I see one of those. What's your reaction? I, I think I got my uh, Timberland boots, and I just. <laughs> I you're definitely the kind of guy, too, distance. that once you smush it, you smush it like eight more times. Oh, just I got to make, make sure. sure, yeah. You're like, that, I don't care if I mess up the car. That 900th leg in the back left still moving. <laughs> have you ever seen Arachnophobia? I have. Scary as hell. Uh, yeah, that movie. Yeah. Was, Scary as yeah, hell. Yeah, then that mix well with Rather you. be in the jungle. You know what's funny? I'm just going to say this. Um, um, not to that extent. But I am not a bug killer. Uh, my girlfriend a, kills the bugs. Yeah, I know something about those. She does for you to for you guys to. I, I'll be honest. Well, I you gotta, say you throw your kids out in front of that's the bugs amazing. <laughs> that's that's something else. It doesn't bother them. <laughs> so, wow. So you'd rather face a shark than a spider? Oh man, they just freak me out. Freak me out to know that like if I saw a spider in my room around bedtime, I'm not sleeping until that spider's dead. Because I'll be like, oh, he's definitely going to be crawling on me when I'm asleep. Like, so I will go on a manhunt. I have two things. When you hear the the, the information that right. in our lives we eat seven or eight spiders in our sleep. Yeah, I hear that. I know. What do you think of that? I mean, it's troubling. How many do you think you've eaten? Gosh, I, I just would like to think I've eaten none and maybe a few have crawled in my head but or my ears or something. But. Second, you realize that when you kill that one spider, I mean, there could be another one in the bed. Yeah, there could be. But I, I still sleep a lot better knowing that one I saw is dead. <laughs> a lot better. I just, I just want to point out how riled up that segment got Sims. He's now cursed four times this episode. You guys didn't even acknowledge the curse words that he was dropping during that part of the program today. Yeah. I was just uh, like shocked at how you completely turned your body oh, when yeah. the, the topic know, of bugs came up. I don't up. know what it is. It's never – I've always been like that. Like I'm the guy – like my family will still laugh at me walking through the woods like on a summer – Night or day. Oh, dude, what you walk you through walk- a random spider web. I'm like the guy that literally is like freaking out, like <laughs> touching everything on my body, like trying to wipe stuff off. Like my family still laughs and stuff like that. That's amazing. Yeah. I'm excited because you just gave me ammunition. We so have one more you. question from Steven though, don't we? No, no. That I was, was just going to say, I no, figured no. out which question I would ask Marshall. Oh, what do you got? Oh, yeah. I would ask him about his famous ghost ride at Cal where he took the <gasps> cart and oh, yeah. drove it around on the field. <laughs> And why he hasn't done that yet in the NFL. Right. I thought you were going to ask him what he thinks about walking through a spider web because I think that's a great question. <laughs> but did he do any damage to the golf cart? I kind of remember that story. 
he didn't do any damage. He did almost run over somebody. Right. Um, <laughs> still great. Because he didn't, it's a great clip. Oh, it because is he awesome. didn't injure anybody. All right. I'm ready for Super Bowl time. You ready to talk about it? Sure. Well, we have down? one more question, though, from Steven. No, he had three. Fighting an animal, ask Marshawn Lynch. Oh, and and your, your stage talent for Miss Universe. Yes, right. and you would just throw balls at people. Right. <laughs> Which is boring. Let's go with the juggling. Okay. Yeah, juggling, juggling with Hendrick. All right, so You've let's. heard my voice lately. I don't know. My voice is pretty strong, too. I might have to sing Katy Perry. Oh, I did see that video. Yeah, so uh, so give us you want to give us a little Katy Perry. Hold on, let's break the game down. We'll get to that in the halftime section. You're first than up, first up, coin flip goes up, and you were telling me today. Yeah, Seahawks they better kick that ball if they get a chance. A huge thing to me in that game is if the Seahawks win the toss, kick the football off. New England always kicks off. Their big theory is they try to capitalize at the end of the half, win that situational part of the football game where they can go in with points at the half, leave you no time before the half's over. Then they get the ball in the second half. They're very good in that second drive of the half. They go down, and all of a sudden, like we saw in the AFC Championship game, it was 14-7. They got the ball at the end of the first half. They went down, got a field goal, made it 17-7, got the ball the first drive of the second half, went down, scored a 10-point swing just like that. I would be very leery of that if I'm uh, Which team do you think comes out hotter? You know, I would always, almost always say the Seattle Seahawks because I don't think there's a team that plays with a more emotion than them a week in, week out. They didn't come out strong last game. No, they did not. And, and you know, turnovers. They're, they're a great third-quarter team. They are. Uh, but this whole deflate gate thing, it's going to fire the Patriots up. So it's made me second-guess my pick a little bit about uh. picking. Uh, because it, it, being in an NFL locker room, when you feel like people in the outside world are calling you a cheater Ooh. and everybody's against it's you. It's one of the few things that can motivate you from the outside. You don't even need a coach to say, hey, let's use this. You're like, hey, you know, F everybody. Let's go out there and whoop everybody's butt, you know, and show everybody in the world they can eat that crap with the deflate gate and all that. It's going to unite them to a degree. I, I do. I, there's a part of me. I hope Pete Carroll and them know what they're about to walk into because they're going to play a fired up Patriots bunch. Maybe the angriest they've been all year. I would agree. Wow. Okay, so you could see the Patriots coming out like a ball of fire. Yes. Um, everyone, uh, let's talk about the individual players. We're not going to have the legacy discussion, but do you expect Russell Wilson to play well? I do. I think he will play well. I think you know. I think New England will sell out to stop the run. Other thing I too I look at. I do think he'll have a little more. Who does Revis guard? Yeah, that's the big question. I, I'm not sure what they do there. Do they? I think they're going to put him on curse. Okay. And just wipe out curse and let, let the defense try to go on Baldwin. But what, Arrington and, and safety coverage on Baldwin? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Or, yeah, Browner, Browner probably. It, it, the, the Seahawks offense, man, it's the way the, – the, it seems like the, the mold of, of Russell Wilson and Marshawn, the way those two flow together seems to be a lot of the offense. That's why I don't think a lot of their offense. Uh, mm. Schematically, it's one of the most simple in football. So much is predicated, yes, if Marshawn can run the ball and Russell can make plays with his legs. I mean, all the times he drops back and scrambles for five, eight seconds, it's not like he's seeing open receivers and saying, let me just run around for a little to look cool in the highlights. <laughs> There's nobody open most of the time, and he has to do it to kind of extend the play, make it happen. I think he'll be able to do that a little bit better against New England, who's going to, trust me, they'll be detailed up on right. that. But they'll do better than he did against Green Bay because Green Bay had some athletic people 
on the edge, whether it be Clay Matthew or Julius Peppers. They did a very good job containing Wilson. How many rushing yards does Marshawn Lynch have at the end of the game? I'm going to say he gets 127. That's a lot. That's a lot. Yeah. That's Justin Forsett, Baltimore Ravens divisional round. Yes. All right. Well, then that sounds like if if the Seahawks can establish a running game, they got a chance. Yes. Defensively, Tom Brady. How do you think he's going to play against that defense? I think they're going to move the ball well. I think they're going to move the ball between the twenties. I think that's. I wouldn't be shocked if he throws for over three hundred yards. Uh, they might dink and dunk their way down the field. The big thing is, can they score touchdowns? They're playing almost a well, mirror image the of their own team. Do you think they can score in the red zone against No, this I don't. Team? I think they're going to have a hard time scoring touchdowns. Wow, I, do, I, I really do. Uh, I, the one, the one area I do think that you know, New England, all their formations, shifts, personnel sets, not going to trick Seattle. Seattle's defense, they play three or four defenses, as everybody knows. So it's not like they're going to have a hard time lining up and trying to figure out, oh, no, they're going fast pace or they're, they're in this formation. Yeah. We've got to change our defensive calls. No, they have none of that. So they, they as far as what New England does – plays into their hand in a lot of ways. Uh, so I don't think that's going to catch them off guard. The one thing I worry about, and you've heard me say it a little, is the run game of New England because Seattle is not deep in the interior defensive line. And huh. if you go back and look at the Green Bay game, it's something when I took a second look again yesterday, Green Bay got almost all their rushing yards against the second-team defensive line of the Seahawks. That was the one thing that jumped out to me. They made a concerted effort to throw the football when the starting four were in there, but as soon as the second four came in on the defensive line of the Seahawks, the they ran the ball first and second down almost That's every really time. interesting. So you see a heavy a heavy dose of Blunt. Is he the guy? Yeah, I think if you get Blunt. Is that the kind of running back that can have success against Seattle? Yes, because he's big. He can wear on them. And that second-team defensive line, when they have to put Michael Bennett at defensive tackle, who's undersized as a D-tackle. Yes, uh, Bruce Irvin at DN, Cliff Averill at DN. And then they put, like, Schofield or somebody like that at D-tackle or Dobbs, uh, they're light in the butt, as they would say in the NFL. And I don't know if they can just sit there and clog the running game. Well, hey, if there's, if there's one team that could take advantage of substitutions, it's the Patriots. Yes. So if they see that second D line out there, hurry up offense, pound, pound, I pound. I would think so. Do yeah. you? Th- I, I think this is maybe the most fascinating matchup of a tight end and a secondary that's possible. Yes. Gronk in another amazing year against Cam Chancellor, the best strong safety in the game, right. with the best linebackers and the best cornerbacks. Right. Do you think Gronk gets over 100 yards receiving? I'm going to say no. Uh, Do you think he has a big impact on the game in a positive way? Uh, no. You think they neutralize Gronk? I think they're gonna. I think Gronk has a game where it's like four for 40. More catches, Gronkowski or Vereen? Uh, I'm going to go Vereen. Okay. It sounds like you think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. You think 24-20, but from what you're saying, it sounds like it's going to be like 17-13. Yeah, well, I think it's going to be an ugly 24-20. I really mm. do. I, I wouldn't be surprised if we even saw a defensive touchdown from one of the teams somewhere along the lines. Like, do you think we're going to be entertained by this game? I do, because I think it's going to be your two most detailed physical teams in football over the last two years, and one who has very quiet inner emotions and the other one who just lets them spew out and says, you know, like, we're here to kick your butt yeah, and just you better like it. Uh, I think it's going to be a clash of two different egos kind of going against each other. If the Seattle Seahawks win and Russell, Russell Wilson has two Super Bowls in three seasons, yeah, he's not even a free agent until after the following season. Right. They have all their core signed up. Could we see the first three Pete in 
When's the last three-peat? There's never been a three-peat. The closest team to really come to three-peat. Cowboys did three in four years. Yeah, and that, 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 that third year when they were going for the three-peat, they lost the NFC Championship game to Deion Sanders and Jerry Rice and Steve Young in candlestick. Wow. They when lost. Brady came back for the first three-peat, they lost. They didn't even make it to the playoffs, no, right, because well, Matt Castle played? Well, yeah, no, and they never had a chance at that point. No, see, the Patriots won it in 2001, then didn't get in the playoffs in 2002, and then won it in three and four. Right. And I'm then, in five. In five, that was the year they lost out in Denver with the Champ Bailey 99-yard oh. interception, if you remember correctly. So, they, I mean, the Seahawks would be in an incredible position to go for three. Yes. If the Patriots win, how much more of Brady and Belichick do you think we have? Another two or three years. Okay. I, 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 listen, I, I, I will not be shocked if we saw Patriots-Seahawks two more times in the next three years in the Super Bowl matchup. I think both teams are they're still going up like this right wow. now. Wow. I think they're New England's going to be every bit as good next year, if not better, and I think Seattle the same way. Um, halftime song. What's your favorite Katy Perry song? Well, I mean, the one that's freshest in my head is uh, the one that came out this Dark year. Dark Horse? Yeah, Dark Ass. Dark what? Dark Horse. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's the How's one. How's it go? Coming at you like a dark horse. Uh, Are you ready for? Ready for? That's good. The perfect storm. Perfect storm. I didn't remember that part. Okay. Then there's the roar. Because once you're mine, once you're mine. Jeez. Okay. There's no going back. Dirt, 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 dirt. See, Stephen Nelson. All right. What, what are the other songs? Uh, there's Roar, of course. How does uh, Firework go? This is how, I don't know Firework. Did you see Grump try to sing or asked, was asked to sing Roar? No. The only part of it was Roar, and then that's the She's got so many good songs. We were looking through. Chris has been very impressed with her catalog. Like (laughs) He is very impressed with Katy Perry's long, sustained success. We forgot California Girls. Oh, I know California's. There's there's other ones too that we're not even hitting on. She's she's got some good ones. She's bringing out Lenny Kravitz. She has the who's known for what American woman. She has the Kanye West song, um, Mister or Intergalactic or what is it called? You know all this. Your kids probably know all this. Yes, stuff. but when you have an eight-year-old girl, you certainly know all this. Uh, so I listen to that serious hits channel one, which plays the top twenty songs over and over. All right, so you're picking the Patriot. You're picking the Seahawks twenty-four to twenty. Right. You can change it if you want. I know that was your pick in the video nope. podcast. You're going twenty-four twenty. Yep. Seahawks. Right. I mean, I gotta go for it because <laughs> I think we're we're tied. We're tied now. I. Yeah, and Ty goes to the expert, so you might as well go to the opposite. Okay. I mean, because you've been just plagiarizing my, plagiarizing my thoughts anyway, so now you've got to pick something plagiarizing. different. <laughs> I, am, I will take the Patriots. I will acknowledge that if I, if I could have a pick, I – here's how I look at it. If there's, <laughs> if there's one quarterback that the Seahawks can absolutely feast on, on right. the underneath routes, it's Tom Brady. Right. But if there's one O.C., that's going to find a wrinkle in the Seahawks' defense and take advantage of it, I think it might be Josh. That scares me as well, yes. I am going to go Patriots. What's your score? I am going to go 27-24. Okay, close one. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I just – that's what I want it to be. I'm pumped. I mean, Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll – it's I heard a thing the other day. People systems. like they ranked like the top five coaches in football, and like Pete Carroll wasn't one of the top five. I wanted to be like, 
Can somebody tell me five coaches that are better than Pete Carroll? Are you kidding I, me? I think it's because if you think about it, in terms of what we envision a coach, Bill Belichick, everyone loves the mad scientist. Yeah. We don't like our coaches to be too affable. Yeah. We want you to seem kind of nerdy. How dare you be a person? Yeah, how dare you? So for Pete Carroll, it's like he's having too much fun to be a good coach. <laughs> right. He's it's it's the old thing, you know, it's like the Phil Jackson type of stuff. Well, sometimes great coaching is not seeming like you're coaching. Right. And that's why neither of them probably got a lot of Coach of the Year votes. Yeah, you're exactly right. All right, Stephen, who's your pick for the Super Bowl? I will take Seattle. Okay. Josh, who's your pick for the Super Bowl? I'm taking Seattle as well. All right, so I'm the lone Patriots The lone Ranger. Guys, it feels good to have the band back together. Great. We had Bill Belichick. We had Brandon Stokely. We had Steven Nelson. We discussed the fact that you can't stop talking about me being flirty. (laughs) Makes me want to look at you and flip the birdie. Let me tell you something. You're looking like a fresh drop turdy. <laughs> oh, look at my watch. It's approximately 6.30. Everybody, thank you so much for listening to the Sims and Left Go podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Josh is at the helm producer. Josh, Josh at Sims and Left Go. Ask him all the questions you have. Please download the uh, podcast on iTunes. Check us out on Bodbean. Podbean. Subscribe to the podcast <laughs> as well. Uh, let us know what you think about the Super Bowl. Give us your predictions. Closest will get sent something from Bleach Report. So if you yep. if you tweet us something at Sims and Lefko and you're the closest, we will send you. Josh will send you something. I'll package it up. I'll send it out. But uh, if I win, all of you have to send me something. And uh, we're gonna go work on who Sims is gonna have to book for the next podcast. Uh, great! I can't wait. All, all right, right, everybody. Favorite part of the podcast? Maybe Johnny Damon. <laughs> Yeah, we'll see. Thanks to Bill Belichick and Brandon Stokely for coming on. Oh, great guys. Great guys. Have a great day, everybody. Talk to you soon.